Dear listener, making any sort of change in life is never easy. And neither is setting up an audio for a podcast when you have absolutely no clue what you're doing. So please bear with us. The first two episodes, the sound quality is not where it is going forward, but we appreciate you staying with us. Pivotal Moments is a podcast where we talk about the changes we make in our lives, whether it was a career move, burning everything down in order to grow, or simply deciding to start fresh in a new direction. We are all agents of change, and we have the power to pivot at any point, at any time. I'm your host, Melissa Robena, along with my co-host, Didi Gutierrez. On this episode, we'll be discussing why we started the podcast, we'll touch on some of the reasons people may shift, and share some pivot stories, including some of our own. And today is our first episode. How exciting. (sighs) Forever in the works, right? Yes, our first episode. So I am super excited to be here and to have you as my co-host. So why why Pivotal Moments? Why this podcast? I, I don't know about you, but for me you know, especially during the COVID lockdown, this has really kind of just been my time to, to reflect. Right. And I think, you know, pivotal moments, you and I have talked about it in discussion in passing, and we always just keep coming back to, to life changes. Am I being called, am I doing what I'm, you know, being called to do? Am I on the right path? You know, is the career choice, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I with the right guy? You know? So I think now is a good time. There is definitely a lot of that. And I think the pandemic brought this idea back to my mind, at least of, Hey, Mm -hmm. just really highlighting those stories of people who've made those changes. And when I think about the podcast and what we're doing here, really, I want to know the why I want to know why people make those changes, what led to that. And the how was interesting too, but why, why even make those changes and see where it leads people in different directions. And, oh, just kind of knowing, hey, you really can pivot at any point in your life and knowing it's going to be okay. And so I really like hearing those stories. I think they're usually pretty hopeful. No, I, and it's interesting that you like the why. See, I'm all about the how. And maybe that's why I do so well as my job as the COO for a company is because I'm all about implementation and operations. I think that, you know, my mind is always looking at the big dream. You know, I, I work with a lot of dreamers who come up with these really great innovative, innovative ideas, but, you know, I'm thinking about, okay, that's, that's a wonderful idea. I think it's a great idea. But how am I going to implement that into what it is that we do? And even when I'm looking at personal changes to my life, oftentimes I'll listen to stories of people and I think, wow, that's fabulous. Okay, but how can, you know, there's no cookie cutter answer. So, you know, if one person's making a career change, I mean, my, a career change might be something that I want to do, but, you know, what worked for them isn't necessarily going to work for me, but there might be parts of their story that I can do or that do resemble you know, what it is I'd like to achieve or the direction in which I'd like to go. So for me, I take those stories and I use them as a roadmap and kind of build my own path, so to speak. And that makes complete sense. But what I love about what you said right there is really that might have been a story that worked for them, but didn't work for you. And I think that goes to my number one principle for myself and really for anybody that I work with is you have to know yourself and just knowing that, hey, these are good things that might work for one person, but just because it's good for them doesn't mean it's going to be good for me. I know, you know, we've talked about this. I'm an abstainer. I'm going to do much better with abstaining from something than I am going to be 
a moderator and just kind of knowing those little distinctions and knowing yourself in all the different ways that you can, then you can figure out, okay, how is this going to work for me? And, uh, you know, why am I making this change? Is Am I making this change because everybody's making this change? Well, I don't know that that's necessarily the right way to get to that decision. But really, for me, when you're evaluating those types of decisions, it really is going through that lens of knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think um, you mentioned it earlier about the pandemic and really just like taking a, a look in, in terms of reflecting. Um, taking time to reflect. Uh has been frankly it's a luxury right we have the ability to reflect because we're both in positions that'll allow us to do that and just recognizing that there is a certain amount of privilege in being able to ask some of these questions Uh, that doesn't mean that they're not valid questions though and having that time and and ability to explore those things is something I'm really looking forward to utilizing remember what I was gonna say now so I think when in terms of reflecting this, you know, having to be stuck at home, you're stuck with your thoughts. And sometimes that can be a very scary thing. You know, it's kind of like looking in the mirror and having to to look at all the flaws, you know, the acne on your face, you know, and, and, and I think reflect- not shower for days. <laughs> and I think, you know, reflecting has been a lot like that. I, I've really spent this time reflecting and doing a lot of introspective type of work. Um, what brings me life? What brings me joy? And that doesn't just include the work that I do, but the people I surround myself with and the conversations I engage in. Is it nourishing me? Is it allowing me to to flourish or is it depleting my energy? And so I don't know about you, but I think kind of removing all the white noise of the day-to-day things that we kind of get lost into has really allowed me to really hone in on on my emotions and my overall well-being and so I've really just taken this time to really focus on amplifying the good amplifying the good conversations continuing to find people that hold similar values to me and and just um, make sure that I'm surrounded by those type of people so and since then you know we've been able to launch this podcast you know and and I don't know about you, but that's kind of what I've been using, you know, for this this time in self-quarantine. Yeah. And I think for me, there was definitely some of that mm-hmm. involved. But in the beginning, it was go, go, go and just trying to figure it out. But once I finally allowed myself to actually slow down and take that space when I needed it and deal with feelings when they were coming up, uh, that's when I started seeing more changes in myself and making some conscious pivots myself of where I want to be, how I want my days to be, and really just drawing those boundaries for myself. But really, it was once I gave myself that space. So I am super excited that you decided to uh, partner up on this venture. And I hope that our listeners will be just as excited. Thank you. I feel the same way. And it, it's interesting when you're talking about these small pivots. Um, when we were coming up even with the title of the podcast, Pivotal Moments, I, uh, um, I remember you had mentioned that you wanted it to be white haste. And immediately my thoughts turned to, to the military. Um, and in my profession, an appreciative inquiry, the term words create worlds 
is is abundant. I mean, everybody knows what that is. And and again, so to, for example, right, haste. Im- immediately I go to military. Um, and even the word pivot. I know you and I really resonated with the word pivot, but to me, pivot is such a sharp, drastic turn. But in the story that you just shared, that even during this pandemic, you used small little shifts, small little pivots. So I guess coming back to the grand scheme of things, Pivotal Moments, the podcast isn't necessarily talking about these grand big shifts it can just be tiny shifts kind of like you were saying these maybe micro shifts micro pivots um to kind of help you know get you on the path or the direction in which you'd like to go right and I think that goes to you know not needing to throw out the baby with the bathwater. right Mm -hmm. you get an opportunity (laughs) to go ahead and make these smaller changes and we'll talk about my pivot later on in the you know, as we're recording, but my pivot is within my profession and that's okay. And just kind of figuring out, okay, what's going to work best for us. But yeah, I mean, words, words, as you said, (laughs) words create worlds. And I think that's absolutely true. So I'm really excited to just see what our guests are going to come up with and really exploring all of those different, uh, pivots or the, uh, the the spectrum of them, if you will, and just knowing, hey, we really can make these differences, whether they're micro differences, or if they're going to be in the macro making big life decisions, and everything in between. Welcome back. So now we're going to talk about why do people pivot? There's so many different reasons that people do that. I think there's several reasons why people pivot. I mean, you have burnout, I think is is a big one. You have an existential crisis, which is, you know, am I doing what I'm being called to do? Am I in the right place at the right time? You start to question all the little decisions you've made and kind of what it is that you're doing, where you are in life. You have divorce, career change kids. Yeah. I mean, I think the, when you're talking about those pivots though, everything that you mentioned there are really those large shifts that people make in their lives. But I think there's a lot of pivots that people make that aren't going to be tied to some big drastic event there, or they're going to be uh, micro shifts in their own lives or in their own profession. Like, you know, we'll talk about my story at some point and my shift is within the profession. Uh, I haven't left completely, but so there's those different things that happen. But when I'm thinking about different pivot stories, uh, I like to draw from popular culture and from Hollywood. I love everything Hollywood. Uh, I do. And so when I was thinking about this episode, immediately um, the actor Ken Jeong, his story came to mind. And so our listeners may remember him from his breakout role in Knocked Up. And there he was a doctor. Well, in real life, he's also a doctor. And he went to medical school. And instead of learning how to play golf to unwind like his colleagues, he would go to comedy clubs and he would practice his routine there. What I thought was really interesting about his stories, though, is that he was very serious as a doctor. He thought he needed to be extra serious and he didn't want to be um, he didn't want to be Robin Williams character, um, Patch Adams. That was something that he was adamant about. So he was super serious and would unwind 
at the comedy club until he finally got that breakout role because the director, Judd Apatow, was actually looking for an Asian actor with medical background to play the doctor. And sure enough, you know, here's Ken Jeong, an actual doctor, internal medicine. And then it was uh, his wife who finally pushed him and said, hey, you really need to go do this as a full-time thing because he was trying to straddle those two worlds. And I, I, I'm interested in those stories, you know, where people are really straddling different things or what, what's that final thing that pushes them off in one direction versus another. Cause I think a lot of people spend probably more time than they want to at those crossroads. In listening to you talk, his pivot was something that he initiated, whereas other pivots are kind of thrown upon people or forced upon people. For example, um, I know you love pop culture. You know, that's really not my thing. (laughs) But I was reflecting when we were talking about pivotal moments and stories, what came to mind were often pivotal stories that I personally went through or that I saw firsthand. Um, I don't know why, but for some reason, when I see those closest to me making those changes, I feel like it's, it's more attainable or achievable. But the story that I'm going to share is actually my own personal pivotal moment. I haven't heard this one. <laughs> Buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. Okay, so I am uh, a student at College of the Sequoias, which is this ho-dunk. I shouldn't say that. That's not fair. It's um, a community college out in the middle of nowhere, Visalia, California. If you don't know where that is, that's between Fresno and Bakersfield. So think cows, think farmland, think farms. There you go. There's there's where I'm at. So I was um, a great student, straight A's. I was actually going to community college to help save my mom some money. Um, obviously, community colleges are cheaper. So you have to understand my identity growing up, especially being the eldest of four kids, has been to get the best grades. So my role um, was student. I mean, I, I was always a high achiever, high academic. And so going into college, um, well, community college, still college, um, do not minimize, go on. (laughs) So growing up, I had always wanted to be a scientist. Um, and then, you know, for those of you, our listeners out there, I'm huge into, into crime. So not committing them. I just want to make that clear. I'm not huge into committing them, <laughs> but I, I like reading crime novels or watching crime shows, you know, FBI files, new detectives. Just She's probably preparing. To... I'm taking notes. Yeah. I'm taking notes. Um, so I had always wanted to be um, a scientist. And then, you know, these shows kind of influenced me. I wanted to be a forensic scientist, um, specifically a DNA analyst. So I took AP courses, which are, is advanced placement courses in high school, all for biology, science. So growing up, you know, I wanted to be um, a DNA analyst. So I took all these classes in high school to prepare me for, for it. So get to college, and I'm in Chem 101. It's supposed to be the simplest chemistry class possible. So I'm taking it, and it is obviously a prereq for a lot of, you know, pre-med students. So I had a lot. I was in class with a lot of pre-med majors. And so the professor is giving us an exam. So as a student, I would do all the homework. I printed out all the, you know, 
practice tests and I filled them all out, did excellent. And they were all color coded, right? And indexed. You, you know, they were alphabetized, all that. So, <laughs> so here I go into the first exam and I get a uh, 66%. And I'm thinking, <laughs> no, that's, that's wrong. Okay. That's obviously, that, that can't be right. So I go to him and he's, you know, I go to the professor and I say, look, I don't understand what's going on. I did all the homework. I did all the, the assess, the pretest. He said, you just have to try harder. You need to, you need to come to office hours. You need to find a person to study with. Okay. So I did that. Here comes the second exam. And now I get a 32. So at this point in time, um, I'm at that point where in the semester where that withdrawal dead, deadline's coming up. So I have to hurry up and make that decision. Do I withdraw from the class and remove it so it doesn't affect my GPA? Or do I have to just suck it up and try to figure out, you know, what my next steps are? So I remember going into his office and saying, look, I'm a good student. I've done all the homework. I've attended all your lectures and I've done all the practice exams. I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. And he looks me dead in the face. Well, yeah. What do you say? <laughs> he said, um, if you can't pass Chem 101, you should probably rethink your major. I've never had anyone tell me that before. And being you know, the student that I was, I couldn't understand if I was putting in all this effort, why I was why I wasn't, why I was failing. And then to have it, you know, kind of just said so bluntly, I kind of left his office and I remember bawling, calling my mother. Cause you know, the first thing I'm afraid of is, oh my gosh, she's going to be so disappointed in me. I've never failed a class in my life. Um, and you know, I was grappling with this decision. Do I stay the course with what it is that I had always wanted to do, which was be this scientist or do I let someone influence my decision? And, you know, I say, unfortunately, you know, because, you know, science and, and crime is something that I've always been passionate about, but I made that decision right there to go and change my, my major to business. And I'm thankful that I did, you know, now that I've been down this road and I do leadership consulting and stuff like that. So in the end, I think I did find my calling, but it was that pivotal moment was drastic, but it was because my backup was up against the wall. Unlike, you know, some of the stories that you've been sharing, which has been their own choice. They, they initiate the, the pivot. Yeah. And so just a, a lot of uh, different ways that people can get pushed into, into different things or experiences that maybe they hadn't thought of before. Well, what's interesting about your story, though, is that they've actually shown in studies that women go into the sciences a whole lot more, but they don't graduate from the sciences. So there's a lot of uh, people who have a similar experience from you. They end up in a class that's very difficult or a lot of women who have that same experience and they end up not graduating in a science degree like they'll get a degree but it'll be switched over to a liberal arts business something else so it's actually something that's pretty systemic in higher education and uh, I'm surprised that you had this experience that it wasn't just going into the business mostly because you know obviously I know you and I've known you for many years now but that anybody could sway you like that um you know, that, that sucks. I'm sorry that happened, but it's also brought you to where you are right now. So, I mean, how do you feel about that, that decision now that you've had n not that many years, but you know, some years to reflect? 
theirs, but you know, some years. <laughs> I, I often think about that moment, um, because now that I'm older, wiser, and more confident in my skill sets, I wouldn't allow any one person to sway myself or allow anyone to push myself to question my capabilities. Um, so I do, I do, I shouldn't say regret in that, in that regard, but I definitely have learned that I'm more confident in myself. I'm more confident in my skill sets. And I, I would have, you know, looking back, I could have, you know, some people are probably think listening right now thinking, well, why don't you just take the course with a different professor? And I could have, but that would have delayed my perceived quote unquote timeline of when I was supposed to graduate. Here I am. I was holding myself to these really high standards. And, you know, if I, if I stuck with it, then I would have to extend my timeline, which was an absolute no go for me. So I, I did switch, but I am a kind of disappointed in myself that I let myself be swayed but you know yeah that's that's okay though because I think when you're looking back obviously you're going to have different um a different perspective you're going to have that you know 2020 vision I can tell you that the reason that I picked to become an attorney uh had to do with getting swayed by somebody in my family you know we were having dinner one day and um, my dad was asking about uh, what we were going to do. And we never really had those kinds of conversations in my household. But on that particular day, we did. And I told my dad I was, wanted to be a psychologist. And his reaction was very negative. Oh, you'll never make any money. You won't do any of these things. Like this just, you know, that's a terrible choice. And I would remember that dinner and just like, wow, okay, well, if my dad thinks this is bad, um, I should find something else. And that's when I started looking and investigating other areas and that eventually led me into the law. But now that I'm looking at it and having been a pr- practitioner for 10 years, like how, how could I let somebody sway me like that? And you know, my mom actually brought it up to my dad um, a while ago and he doesn't remember this dinner where I do. I remember this uh, changing everything. But what's really fascinating is that uh, my parents had to go to marriage counseling and when my dad realized how expensive it was to actually go to therapy, that's when he brought it up. He's like, wow, why didn't Cydia go do this? And my mom's like, oh, you don't remember? Oh, OK, let me share. Let me share that with you. And so it's just there. You don't know what impact you're going to have on people. And so it's important to just be careful with what you're saying and especially to young impressionable people because that's really what that professor did for you right you were what 18 at the time yeah I mean you have a lot of power and young people they listen and you know it's one of the lines in uh, into the woods you know be careful because children will listen and it's absolutely true and having those things that sway us but I think as we go forward, we'll see more pivots of people who were doing it consciously. And that's really more of what I want to work on. I was like, I think that that's work on. Yeah. Not only do I want to work on, that's my hope for this podcast. I don't want people to, to feel, I mean, now granted changes, change is inevitable. Change is going to happen. But if we can be at the helm of this boat in this like sea of change and we can direct the direction of which we want to go, we have more control over that. So that is my hope for this podcast is that we build confidence with our listeners that they, you know, start to maybe gain some insight or some skill sets that maybe they didn't realize that they already possessed and use that to help them make those, you know, micro pivots and, and, and go in the direction that of which they seek in their life. 
whether it be career, personal, whatever. Absolutely. And that is uh, why we want to hear from you. What type of stories do you want to hear? Have you had some pivots in your life? We would love to hear that. Please find us at facebook.com slash pivotal moments HQ. And thank you for listening. Remember, it's never too late and you're right on time. <laughs>